Last week, Pastor Tom, didn't he do an awesome job? Is it awesome? Pastor Tom shared about, um, about standing on the Word of God and how we don't just pray our own desires, but we, we link them up to the promises of God and we, we stand on the Word of God in our prayer. And today I want to talk to you about something that, uh, well, quite honestly, is a little confusing um, and for some people frustrating and for others it was, it's even scary to talk about. Um, and that is this. Learning to hear the voice of God. And I say this is confusing because um, I find that even as Christians, most people come from this kind of background that, um, that says one of two things. Either um, I don't think I'm holy enough to hear God's voice. Like uh, that's for holy people like Billy Graham and Mother Teresa. But I certainly am not in that caliber of Christian. And so I don't think that I'm the one that could possibly be hearing God's voice. I've never heard God's voice. I don't, I don't know what that even looks like. At, or we come to the other side of the spectrum, which is um, I always heard that like hearing voices means that I could possibly have mental illness. So, like, I'm, I'm actually really uncomfortable with this whole hearing God's voice thing because I'm not into hearing voices, and quite honestly, it kind of scares me a little bit because I'm, I'm not really sure what that, what's that supposed to look like or if it's even supposed to be part of my Christian experience. I don't really, I'm uncomfortable with this. And so my aim this morning is to bring some understanding, to kind of just deflate some of that for, for, for many of you, uh, to bring some context and some scripture around hearing the voice of God in our life as a follower of Jesus. So as, as I was studying this week, I came across this medical journal, this, this uh, thing that happened essentially, it was over half a century ago, uh, over 50 years ago, this uh, famous op opera singer um, mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes that were well within his, his range, right? So like he was able to sing these notes and oh, you know, all those things. And there were all of a sudden like, ha, ha, ha. Like all of a sudden he couldn't sing certain notes that were, he used to be able to sing. And so he went to all these different doctors, ear, nose, and throat doctors and specialists. And they thought, hey, there's something wrong with maybe, I don't know, this is a voice problem. You've got vocal problems, but they couldn't really figure out what, what the problem was until one doctor, Dr. Alfred Tomatis, Dr. Alfred Tomatis had this hunch that, that there was something else going on. And so this is what he did. He took a sonometer, which I don't expect you to know what that means, but it essentially measures the decibels um, of how loud something is. And he measured that this famous opera singer was actually singing at 140 decibels at arm's length away. 140 decibels. Now, if you do, you're like, I don't even understand what that means. They say that your eardrums burst at 150 decibels. So this guy's singing at a meter away, uh, 140 decibels. I mean, if you've ever been to the opera, um, you can only guess uh, what it would be like if one of these people were singing right in, right in your face. It would probably be almost as, in, it would be more enjoyable than, than maybe it was before, right? You just, 140 decibels, just to give you some understanding, is slightly louder than an aircraft taking off from an aircraft carrier, like a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. This is how loud 140 decibels is. And they say that the sound is even louder 
inside the person's skull because it's coming out of him. 140 decibels. So this discovery leads to a diagnosis that is now, now we call the Tomatis effect. Essentially, catch this, essentially, it's really interesting. The opera singer was deafened by the sound of his own voice. <laughs> You're like, I have kids. I understand exactly what, I'm th- what, that, what that means. <laughs> the opera singer was deafened by the sound of his own voice. In Tomatis' words, this is what he said, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can perceive. The voice can only reproduce what the ear can perceive. In other words, if you can't hear a note, then you can't sing that note. And that was, that's what was going on with this, with this famous opera singer. And I was thinking about it as I was studying this week. I'm like, I wonder if we can be deafened to the voice of God by our own voice, by our own self-talk. Because I think there are times in my own personal life when, when I cannot hear God's voice because my voice is so much louder. You ever been there? You just, your own self-talk is so much louder. And some, sometimes when my life gets a little pitchy, could it be that I'm not even giving God an opportunity to get a word in edgewise? It's interesting to me that we can be deafened by the sound of our own voice. The voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. And I would argue that if you're not hearing the word of God, then you can't speak it out. If you don't know the word of God, then you can't pray it over yourself or over your family or over the situation that's going on in your life. Because if we think about the word of God, what do we know about the word of God? The word of God is, God's voice is love, it is joy, it is power, it is healing, it is wisdom. All of these things about the word of God. Could it be that maybe you've listened to the voice of criticism for so long that you don't believe anything else other than that? Or maybe you've heard the condemning word of the enemy over your life for so long that you choose to believe that your identity is in your past rather than who you are and who God says that you are. Because what we find is that what we perceive, what we hear, determines what we believe and what we believe determines who we become. We find this time and time again. And here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. If you don't silence those competing voices, they'll eventually deafen you. So let me show you what I'm talking about. I need you everyone to stand up with me. I promise you, you'll be okay. Stand up. Um, <clears throat> I want to try something. Uh, it, hopefully it's going to work. In a moment, the, uh, the sound crew is going to release a sound over these speakers. Some of you are going to be able to hear this sound and some of you won't be able to hear this sound. Just let you know that. So when I say go, they're going to release this sound. Here's what I want you to do. If you hear the sound, I want you to just be seated. If you don't hear the sound, I want you to stay standing. No cheating. There's no like, oh, everyone else is sitting down. I hear it. You know, no, 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 no. If you don't hear it, you just stay standing and don't worry about it, okay? All right. Start it, we're going to start, start it out low and then it'll get a little bit louder. So go ahead. Whoa. Okay. All right. Look at it. Look around. Look around. 
Okay. Wow, look at this guy. Look at this. This is interesting. We've got about half of you are sitting right now. The other half are just staring. Is this a joke? Is this a hidden camera show? Right? <laughs> All right. You guys can turn it off. Stay standing. Stay standing. If you didn't hear it, I'm talking to you for a second. Okay. Here's the thing. What you just heard was 17.4 kilohertz. It's the audio frequency of a mosquito. Now, now let me explain something to you. The reason that they heard it and that you didn't hear it is because you're old. <laughs> I want to tell you, I didn't hear anything. I, so I'm in, you're in good company. You guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. Aren't you glad you came to church today? What would you learn? I learned that I'm too old to hear stuff, right? Now, here's the thing. What happened? The sound was here, the sound was there, and a bunch of us could not hear the sound. Literally, 50% of the crowd was sitting, heard the sound, and I noticed the youngest people sitting first. The kids were like, oh, you know, they're sitting down. And then there's some of us, including myself, just still standing. I, I literally have no idea if they played anything or not. I didn't hear it either. Now, here's the thing. The older you get, the more experience in life that you have, the more Metallica concerts that you went to in your youth, you know who I'm talking to, right? The more wear and tear on your ears, the less you're able to hear. And my point is this, the more of life that we allow to crowd in, the more noise of life that we allow into our lives, the harder it is to hear the voice of God. The harder it is to perceive it. But here's the thing. For those of you who didn't hear the, hear, hear the sound and you're all defeated, here's the thing. Unlike your physical ears, you don't, you don't blow out your spiritual ears, right? There's no wear, wear out, blow out of your physical or, or your spiritual ears. Your hard living or your past sins and all this and the fact that, that you did this and you shouldn't have and all of those things does not wear out or blow out your spiritual ears so that you can no longer hear the voice of God. It's not the same. John chapter 10 verse 27 says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so as a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that you can tune into the voice of God. And as we've been seeking God over these past, what, two weeks now of our 21 days of, of prayer, as you've been seeking God, I want you to catch this. Please understand this. The value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, it's that we will finally hear him. So if you've been like, I just don't understand why we're doing this whole like 21 days of prayer, Pastor Justin. Like, I'm good. I got this prayer. I, I, I understand. But every single day doesn't seem a little bit much. The value of persistent prayer is not that maybe one day God will hear us and then he will change and do what we want him to do. The value of persistent prayer is that we finally hear him. We finally hear him. What if prayer had less to do with us talking to God and getting him to do what we want him to do. And it had more, if not everything, to do with us listening to him and finding that our will 
looks a whole lot more like his will. I want to make a bold statement. It's in your notes today is this. Learning to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. Let me say that again. Learning to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. What do I mean by this? I mean this. If, if you're not hearing God, it will seem like you have a thousand problems. You got all kinds. Just name them. Relational, financial, uh, emotional. I got all kinds of problems. But how many of you know that one word from God will settle your soul? One word from God will bring healing to your mind. One word from God will give you courage to finally make that move and to launch out or to make that decision that you know you need to make. One word from God will essentially give you power to see it through. So when you don't hear him, it's like, I got a thousand problems and I don't know how this is going to work. And one word from God, if you are hearing from God, will settle all of those things. And my question is this, is it possible that what we perceive as like emotional and relational and even spiritual problems is actually a hearing problem? Well, I've got a thousand problems. What if it's actually a hearing problem? Because when I'm not hearing the voice of God in my life, it's usually because I'm so focused on the stuff that is right in front of my face. I'm focused on people and problems. I'm focused on all of, all of these things that, that God needs to figure out. These are the things that, that I, just, I, I, need to, I need to know. I'm focused on pain. And I end up getting distracted by my own perspective. But it's times when I just maybe get one word from God or God just speaks to me through his word that when I'm hearing his voice, the problems that were so insurmountable, so impossible, so big, so huge, all of a sudden seem really small. Why? Because Not because they changed that much, but because I'm seeing them from God's perspective rather than my own perspective. Hearing God's voice is the solution to a thousand problems. So, how do we hear God's voice? This is, the, this is the question. This is the scary. This is the frustrating or confusing. I'd love for you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to take a look at this, uh, this Old Testament scripture. I'm going to read it together. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'd love for you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. You're getting your calisthenics in today, I know. 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. He was a priest. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Verse 3. The lamp of, the God, uh, lamp of God had not gone out, yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You, you, you called me? Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he, he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. 
And Samuel got up and went to Eli. He's like, here I am. You called me? Eli realized that the boy, that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we look into your word, Lord, that we would come to this realization that you are definitely a vocal God. You want to speak to us. You care about each and everything that we care about. Lord, you are God and we are not. And so, Jesus, I pray that even today, even right now, people would sense not just the leading of your Holy Spirit, but God, they they would hear your voice and understand maybe what that looks like in the life of a believer and not be scared by it or overcome by it. So, Lord, we thank you that you speak to us today, that your sheep know your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So I just want to take a moment and kind of look through uh, this story. I want to point out two things before we even get started. The first thing is this. I want you to understand this. This is an Old Testament story. This is an Old Testament story. This is before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Before the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, right? Like, and I just want to say this. How much more accessible is the voice of God now that the Holy Spirit is not just kind of resting on holy people or prophets of old, but that now he, he takes up his residence in us and that we are baptized in him? How much more accessible is this story of hearing God's voice now that we have the Holy Spirit poured out on all flesh? Amen? Secondly, verse 7, I want you to just look at this really quickly. It says this, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. I want you to catch this before you even move on because this is going to dispel some myths in here right now. Samuel did not even know the Lord yet when he was hearing him speak to him. This is good news for some of you in here today that are like, I don't know, I kind of just like somebody brought me in here today, invited me to come to church, and you're talking about some weird stuff, and like, I don't really know about this whole Jesus and church thing yet. I just want you to understand, you don't have to necessarily be holy enough to hear God's voice. God speaks to people long before they come to know him. And I would say this to you, just it, the sheer fact that maybe you're even here today is, is proof that God was drawing you long before you came to know him. God speaks to people. You don't even have to be a Christian or know him to hear his voice. I firmly believe that. So God calls this boy's name. He's like, Samuel. Samuel runs into Eli's room because he's like, who's talking to me? I'm hearing voices. This is, not, this is weird. And he's like, you called? I'm here. Here I am. He says, no, go back to bed. What are you doing? This happens three times. Three times. And I want to encourage you in something in this. God is more persistent in speaking than you are in perceiving. God is, let me say this again, God is more persistent in speaking to you than you are in perceiving him. This is what we find just from this one story. Sometimes we think like, 
oh, I think God might have been speaking to me, but I missed it, or I, I didn't understand it, or I, I, I don't know, I, I kind of felt weird, I don't know, maybe it was God speaking to me, and here's what I want you to know, it's okay, he understands when you don't understand. This is what happens in the life of Samuel. He doesn't, he doesn't understand what the heck's going on. Three times this happens. Why? Because God is more persistent in speaking than we are in perceiving. So Eli finally realizes after three times that this kid waking him up, he's like, this boy is obviously hearing from God. And then he gives Samuel a few things that I, here's, here's some things I want you to do to hear from God. And I want you, I don't have these in your notes, but the first one is this, and it's super important. Number one, he placed a high value on hearing the voice of God. This is, what, this is what Eli does. He places a high value on hearing the voice of God. We just look at the life of Jesus. Jesus, we can read through the Gospels. He's always up preaching and teaching and talking to people. But there are points, moments in each one of the Gospels where he pauses as he's talking to people, and he says these words, and it's a little strange. You've read it before. Maybe you've seen it before, but he says this weird little verse, and it says this, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, he's like, what I'm about to say, you might want to pay attention to. In other words, hey, Peter, write this one down. Bartholomew, look a lot. Come on. Like, all of a sudden, in the middle of like Jesus talking, he pauses and says these weird, these words, like, if you have ears to hear, then you should hear. And honestly, it always makes me think of when I was in school, and I, and I, loved, I love school as much as kids love school, um, but, you know, you're in this place sometimes, you're, you're not paying attention to what the teacher's talking about, and it's just kind of like, you know, wah, 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 and you know, she's droning on, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh. It was chicken nugget day, and I'm tired, right? You know what I mean? And you're just kind of going, going, going. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, your teacher will say these words. You might want to write this down because it's going to be on the test. Whoa. Like, all of a sudden, I could care less what you've been talking about the past 20 minutes, but I'm like, okay, well, excuse me, could you please repeat those words again, ma'am? Right? Like, I'd like to, could you please write, I'd like to write that down explicitly. I have never cared so much about every syllable that left her mouth. Why? Because I placed a high value on it. That's the difference. It's not that anything else that she was saying wasn't important. It was all of a sudden, I'm placing a high value on every syllable that comes out. And it all of a sudden matters to me. And I want to say this, I want to say this in love as, as your pastor. But if, if you want to hear God's voice, you have to set a high value on it. And I don't, I really, I don't mean this in, in any sort of sarcasm. So I want, you to, I, want, I want you to hear this. If you spend three hours watching Netflix but can only give God three minutes, you may not be putting a high value on hearing his voice. The first thing is put a high value on it. God, I, I do want to hear what you have to say. And it matters to me. Because I think that sometimes we can fill our life with so much noise, we, we can't even stand to have silence. We just fill it with all kinds of things and noise and people and conversations. And the point is, is that if you're hearing everything, then you're listening to nothing. Well, I'm multitasking. No, you're just really not doing anything well, Right? If you're hearing everything, then you're not listening to anything. 
And Jesus says these words, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. I don't know about you, like, don't you wish that God still did that? Like, wouldn't that be, it'd be awesome if you're just like, I don't know, whatever you do for your job, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're entering data, or you're, you're, you're on the phone, you're, you're, you're driving, whatever, and all of a sudden, God just speaks and says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And I'd be like, what I'm about to say is going to change your life. I'd be like, everyone, shut up! You, zip it! God's going to say something that's awesome. I'm going to write it down, actually. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be awesome if God still did that? Here's my point. He does. He does. And you're like, I don't think he does, actually, Pastor Justin. He may do it for you, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't do it for me. No, 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 no. You experience it. You may not always recognize it as God speaking to you. But you have these moments, maybe even like this morning as you're in worship, all of a sudden like the presence of God is so present and you, maybe you're, it's coming out in tears or weeping or something or maybe you're in a conversation with a friend at Panera and all of a sudden like they say something and you're like, you're not that smart, right? You know that your friends aren't that profound. You know what I'm talking about? No offense to the person sitting next to you, but all of a sudden like words come out and it's like gold and you're like, yeah, I should probably pay attention to this. This is different. You have these moments in life, and, and all of a sudden, maybe it's in the silence of your own bed or as you're washing dishes after dinner, where God kind of arrests you, and you come to this place where it's like, something's going on right now. This is different, and I need to pay close attention to what's being said right now, because this is for me. Maybe even as I say these words, God's saying, this is for you. This is for you. So first, place a high value on hearing God's voice. The second point is this. Prepare the environment. Prepare the environment. Look at verse 9. Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say these words. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Prepare the environment. If you want to grow the right fruit, you have to get in the right environment. Eli essentially tells Samuel, go back to the place, the position, and the posture that you last heard God speak. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Go back to the place, the position, and the posture that you last heard God speak. Well, how do I get started? I don't, I don't know how. Pick a place, pick a time, and prepare your environment. Place a high value on it. Some people have like a chair that they sit in. They'll drink their coffee and read their Bible and, and, and meet with God. Some people got like a, a room or a closet that they meet with God in. They call it the war room or whatever. And you may be thinking like, I don't even have a chair. I don't have a closet. I don't even have a pot to pee in, right? And like you're just like, I don't got any of that, Pastor Justin. You know, how am I supposed to meet with God? Let me just tell you, your seat could be your driver's seat in your vehicle on your commute. You could be sitting, you could have a place where you meet with God at McDonald's restaurant, that's your seat. It could be as you're walking 
Maybe you meet with the Lord as you're running. Maybe you meet with the Lord as you're worshiping. I don't know what that is for you, but find, a, find your place and your position and your posture that you best hear from God. And hone in on that. Hone in on that. Whatever it looks like for you. Find your place and your position and the posture. Prepare the environment. If it's that important. To hear from him. And the third one is going to freak all of you out. It's this one. Be still. <laughs> Be still. This, I'm going to say another word. Another S word. The S word. Silence. If I said, hey, we're going to spend the next three minutes in silence and you're just going to stare at each other, that would probably be the most awkward three minutes of your week. Maybe your year. Why? Because in our culture, we devalue silence. Stillness. It is scary. If we're in a conversation with somebody and there's more than like five to ten seconds of silence, oh my gosh, we might as well not be friends. We, we don't have anything in common. That was the most awkward encounter that I ever had with anyone, right? Like, you had, I don't know, there's five seconds. We're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, I want to crawl into a hole, right? We do this in texting. It's been 30 seconds. They didn't text me back. I see those little bloop, 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 bloop. They're not writing anything. I'm going to block them. I'm going to block them. We're done, right? And I would say that we do the same thing with God in prayer. We do this. We fill our prayers with so much words. Father God, Father God, Father God. Lord, Father God, our Father God. We don't know what to say. I just fill it with some words. I'm just going to keep saying things. I think that many times God looks at me in prayer and he's like, would you shut up? So I could say something. You're just talking. You're just talking to hear yourself talk. What do you? Just shh. Be still. Just be still before me. And as I look at the great heroes of, the, of old, as I look at just the heroes in the Bible, right, like stillness was necessary in their life. We look at Elijah, we look at Samuel, we look at Jesus. The times where he withdrew and got away with his heavenly, like the, it was important to be still. Psalm 46.10 says this, be still and know that I am God. It's almost like the scripture is saying that it's in the stillness that we can know God. It's in the stillness. Because when we're busy, we think that we are God. Now, I'd never admit this publicly, but when I'm frantic, when I'm busy, when I'm stressed out, I am thinking and acting like I'm God. Well, someone's got to figure this out. Someone's got to make a plan. Somebody's got to like. Someone's got to worry about something because nobody's worrying about this except except for me, right? As if God doesn't have a plan. As if God doesn't care about what you care about. As if He doesn't want to talk to you about the things that 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 stress you out. Because when I'm undistracted, when I'm still, that's when I can sense the presence of God. And the quieter I am, the easier it is to hear from him. So be still. In other words, starve your distractions and feed your focus. 
Starve your distractions and feed your focus. I don't know about you, but when I say starve your distractions, this is what I mean. I'm just like you, okay? You you go, okay, I'm going to do this prayer thing. Pastor Justin said 21 days. Okay, I'm going to do this thing, right? You sit down, I start praying. You're just like, Lord, Father God, Father God. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, did I turn the oven off? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we're out of milk. Oh, my goodness, we're out of milk. Oh, all of a sudden, all these thoughts. Here's what I say. When I say starve your distractions, just write them down. Okay, that's out now. Okay, now I can focus on God again. Like, just start getting these things off of your plate. Starve your distractions and, and feed your focus. Take that time to just focus in on the Lord. And the fourth one is this. Listen. <laughs> there is something that is more important than talking to God. It's listening to him. It's prayer. And Eli tells Samuel, okay, I want you to lie down and listen again. It's so important that we learn to listen, to cultivate an attitude of listening. In the words of the great theologian, John Wayne, he said, you're short on ears and long on mouth. (laughs) Is that good? Is that a decent? No? Uh, Okay, fine. This maybe? Okay. He said, you're short on ears and long on mouth. It is so important that we cultivate listening. And some of it just means that, like, I kind of have this rule of thumb, like, when I meet somebody new, I try to talk less and listen more. Ask questions and not speak as much. And I would say it's a good rule of thumb in prayer when you're talking to the Lord. The more I want to hear somebody, the less I talk, the quieter I am. And when we talk about, you know, meeting with God, on your notes, maybe you're sitting on them, I don't know, there's a list on the bottom of the page of um, seven different ways that God speaks to us. And I I don't have time to go through each and every single one of these. I just want to hit on them really quickly. Um, The first one is scripture. That is God's primary language, by the way. So if you're like, I don't know if I I can hear his voice, I don't know, I'm just telling you, he's already written it down. So, so, so open up your Bible. If you're like, well, I want to hear his voice. I tell you, a good place to start is in his primary language, which is in Scripture. All of these other six things we can compare and say, does it line up with what God has already said? Okay, then we can move forward in it. So number one, he speaks to us through Scripture. Open it up. Read it. He wants to speak to you. He will, he will bring 3D things out. Like all of a sudden, a Scripture will pop out to you, and you realize he's not just speaking to me in Scripture. He's speaking to me through Scripture. The second one is desires. How many of you know God will give you desires that you know are not yours? He's like, I want you to give some money away. That is not me. (laughs) Right? I want you to be nice to somebody that doesn't deserve it. That also is not me. Right? All of a sudden, he gives you desires. You're just like, yeah, that's only God because I certainly don't want to do any of these. God speaks to us through desires. He also speaks to us through doors. Open doors or closed doors, right? We talk about this all the time. God will open a door that you're supposed to walk through, a decision that you just know that he's in, even though you don't know what's on the other side of it. And sometimes you walk in, you're like, I can't wait to go through this door. And all of a sudden, you realize this is, this is a closed door that I'm not supposed to walk through. Number four is dreams. Dreams or visions. He speaks to us through dreams when we're asleep and visions when we're awake. God will, God will all of a sudden start speaking to us through dreams. Number five, he speaks to us through people. This is a tough one because more often than not, God uses people. Like in my experience, he uses my wife way too often. <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding me? No, I don't want, no, stop it, right? Oh, she'll just start talking and I'm just like, okay, fine, you know? 
Well, you got a Christian friend or someone in your life that God just uses to speak truth over your life. The, the, the sixth thing is, is promptings. God will give you a word, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, whatever that is. He gives you a prompting to move forward in. Uh, and the seventh one, we love this one, pain. God speaks to us through pain. Sometimes he speaks to us like no other way apart from pain. Well, because sometimes we need to experience pain to want to change. Because more times than not, we either experience the pain of staying the same or the pain of change. Pain always causes us to seek after him a little bit more. So those are the seven ways that we, that we hear, hear God. Um, I just want to encourage you over this, this next week as we end our, our 21 days and lead up to Easter, to just be seeking God, to hear his voice, say, God, I, I want to desperately hear you. And the point of this persistent prayer of 21 days of prayer is not so much that you hear me and that you finally want to do what I want you to do, but maybe it's so that I can hear you in my life. Why don't you stand with me? I, um, I don't know if you have this experience. I hope you do. But I... Um, I was reading God's word this week and I just could not escape this scripture. If you've ever had this experience where you're just like, oh, I don't know why, God keeps bringing this story up. God keeps bringing this, this, this scripture up and I, I don't even know. And then the most frustrating part is when you don't know why. I was reading it, I'm like, I don't, what in the what? Why? Why is this important? So then you have to pray about it. You're like, okay, fine. What, what is the, what's the reason and so I want to read this to you in Mark chapter 7, verse 31. It says, Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, and into the region of the Decapolis, the ten cities. Uh, there, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. They begged Jesus to place his hands on him. Verse 33, After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus does this really weird thing. He, he puts his fingers into the man's ear. Then he spits and touches the man's tongue. That's gross. He looks up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. And, and as I was reading it this week, I was, I'm, I'm like, whenever I've read this scripture, I'm always, I've always wondered, like, why, why does Mark make it a point to tell us the Aramaic word that Jesus spoke? Like, what does that even mean? He says, aphatha, which is the Aramaic word that Jesus actually spoke which means be open. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I get out my concordance and I'm looking this word up and I'm like, oh, this is going to blow my mind, right? Like, what does this word mean? Because it's obviously God is bringing this to me. And I, so I look it up and I'm like, what does it mean? You know what it means? Be opened. I was like, that does not blow my mind, Lord. Like, this is exactly what it says. There's no like hidden meaning and like, oh my goodness, this is so powerful. And I'm like, why in the world does, does Mark make a point to, to, to show us the actual word? And not only that, let's just think about this like realistically. The man who Jesus was healing didn't even hear Jesus say the word. 
he was still deaf. Think about that. Ephatha. And then he could hear. So this man, it's not like it was an important word to this man because the man couldn't even hear what Jesus was saying. And I was praying about it. I'm like, and it hit me. It hit me, it hit me, it hit me, it hit me, it hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. The man didn't hear what Jesus said. But he, but he felt the power of the word of God. <laughs> and you might be thinking, well, like, Pastor Justin, like, I just, I don't think I've ever heard God speak. I, I, don't, I don't really even know what that, what that sounds like, feels like, looks like. And I would argue, you may not have heard his voice, but you felt the power of his word. Why? It's just like when God spoke in creation, let there be light. All of a sudden, light was created. And all of a sudden, the word started expanding at the speed of itself and is creating galaxies even to this day. He says to a man, Ephatha, be opened. And all of a sudden, the man's ears were opened and he could hear. Maybe he says to you, be forgiven. And all of a sudden, your sins no longer have a hold on you because grace holds that ground. And he says to you, be healed. And all of a sudden, things just start to fall off. Sickness and disease start to dry up. He says to you, be delivered. And all of a sudden, addiction goes. Because every word of God has the power to fulfill itself. Ephatha. Be opened. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. God says this. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Every word of God has the power to fulfill itself. And you'd be like, I don't think I've heard God's voice. Listen, sometimes we get so focused on that. Let's just realize that you felt the power of his presence. You felt the power of his word going forth into your life. And lastly, Samuel responds to hearing God's voice, which is so important for us to realize. Sometimes it's like, I just want to hear God's voice. Why? Well, because so, I think it would be cool. I think it would, feel, it would be cool. I'd know that I was closer to God. Listen, it's not just enough for us to listen to God's voice. He calls us every word to obey it and to respond to it. Why? Because until you obey God's word, you've simply been educated beyond your level of obedience. He says, I want you to respond to me. So how do you respond to God? Here's what I want to encourage you in. Eli gives Samuel a prayer. And maybe you're like, I just don't even know, Pastor. Like, I don't know how to, how to engage in this. Like, this sounds cool, and I think I might want this, but I don't necessarily know what, what this looks like for me. I want to give you something really simple. It's a seven-word prayer. It's the same prayer that Eli gave Samuel. And he says this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Maybe that's your prayer this week. Maybe as you seek after God for that, for that thing that you're drawing a circle around, maybe in the midst of that, you just simply prepare to hear God's voice and simply 
because you don't know what else to say, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I want to hear your voice in the midst of all the thousand problems that I've got going on in my life. And as we close today, I just want to encourage you, if there's any area of your life that you need prayer, maybe you need to hear from God today. Maybe today you came in and you've got anxiety, you've got this decision that's looming over you, you just know that you're supposed to move forward in this area of your life and you, you are scared half to death. Maybe for you, you got, a, you got a diagnosis that you're just like, I don't know what is going to happen in the midst of this. And you just need to hear God's voice. You just need to hear God speak in this area of your life. I just want to encourage you, if you have any prayer need in any area of your life, as we enter into worship for this last song, make your way out of your seat and just come alongside. You can come up right up along here to the front. We'll have some people up here that would love to come alongside you and to pray God into your situation. Let me pray as people are coming. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you still speak to your, to your people. Your word says that my sheep will know my voice and they follow it. And so, God, I pray that as there are, there are many, many needs in this place, God, we know that one word from you will settle it all. One word from you will settle it all. And so, Jesus, I just speak that over people right now. I just want to say this. Uh, the Lord, during, even during worship today, I had this, um, I had this like, kind of like spasm thing going on right here over my, over my heart. And the Lord said, um, that somebody, somebody in here has... Uh, AFib that God is wanting to bring back into rhythm. And so I just speak that over, over someone in here today. God, I pray right now that you would bring everything back into rhythm the way that you created it to be. That those things that are out of rhythm, whether that is AFib or some other area of their life, Lord, I pray that you would bring things into focus, into alignment the way that you created them. I pray healing, God, that you would set bones back the way that they're supposed to in Jesus' name today, right now, in Jesus' name. And as your word goes forth, Lord, that it has the power to fulfill itself. And so, God, I pray for faith in this place. God, as there are needs upon needs upon needs, that, 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 that fear would not hold us back from saying, I want to hear God's voice in the midst of my fear. Lord, that we would just do it scared. That we would do it scared. And so, God, even as people come, as we sing, God, I pray that you would mobilize us to move outside of our own comfort zone to hear from you today. Lord, we thank you that you still speak, that you still speak in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I wanted to just kind of bring to a close something, and that is that it's interesting that we're kind of ending this three-week series on, on, on prayer in the same way we began it, which was in Joshua chapter 6. Um, the Lord says to Joshua, if you remember, when he goes up and he sees the walls of Jericho, and they're huge, and they're overwhelming, and they're, it's a big fortified city, and there's no way through it. And the first thing the Lord says to Joshua is this, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. When there was no sign of victory whatsoever. And so I just want to encourage those of us that are, have walls that we're really trying to see God move through, break down, to the victory that we're believing God to fight on our behalf. The, the, the actual power is in the word where he says, See, I've given it into your hand. This morning, Father God, I thank you that the power is in your word. I thank you that the words you speak over us carry with them the life in themselves to see their victory. So we pray right now, God, for fresh word of God, a fresh rhema word of God that would speak to our heart and change our life this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Have a wonderful Sunday.